0: Welcome to Eurovision Queens! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast exploring and celebrating the glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy. I've always loved Eurovision. The first contest I can remember is 1976. And I'm Ryan, a Eurovision basic bitch who's here to learn
1: more about the contest's history and will always be the first on the dance floor when Gina G's playing.
0: True fact. It's happened many a time. Many, many times. <laughs> What we thought we'd start talking about this episode is the fact that we haven't even considered entries in the semi-finals. that don't get through to the final yet.
1: And there's some big songs in there. And lots of them.
0: 18 years the semi-finals have been going. 2004.
1: Yeah, we just had a quick Google to find out how
0: many years it's been. Yeah, we didn't remember. (laughs) I knew it was early 2000s, but I couldn't remember quite. Some of my very favourite songs were in the semi-finals and didn't get through.
1: Yeah, so what we're saying is we're already sort of bending the rules...
0: Are we? In what way?
1: Well, we've already realised that the rules that we've put in place... Oh, for the structure of the podcast. For the structure of the podcast are hindering us too much. So we may create a new or different award or Gosh. segment. Well, we would just drop one of the I feel like we're going to run out of UK entries that we love. Right. Uh, so
0: we, we don't have to pay the, the ones we don't like? Yes. I'm not
1: playing <laughs> Cliff Richard. Or that one with the school kids. The creepy school kids <gasps> That's one. That's wrong.
0: As Samson. No, I'm sorry. You won't be hearing that here. I'm sorry, but that's worse than Gemini. Oh yeah, easily. And it's at all the and then you've got Scooch. I'm not sure I could play Scooch.
1: I prefer Scooch to the crazy school kids. Yeah. Or the young females that were pretending to be school kids.
0: Oh, it's creepy. Don't like I it. Feel you're wrong. Anyway, anyway, sorry. The point is, I'm clapping like Katya. We will be doing wow. semi-final categories at some point in the future. Not we, even three minutes in, and we, you're clapping like Katya. We haven't forgotten. We haven't forgotten. <laughs> Also, early doors, we want to do a podcast shout-out again. This Mm. time to Emil Lofstrom from Sweden who does the amazing Eurovision Legends podcast, which Mm. I've been listening to a very, very long time. I'm not saying the podcast's ancient, I'm just saying, you know, I'm a (laughs) long-term fan. He interviews everyone from Eurovision you can imagine. All the people I've wanted to hear interviews with. I've just adored his podcast. He's got a really nice attitude and spiel. He asks everyone the same questions, but that kind of works. And just so much behind the scenes stuff I've learned. I feel like spoiler alert for the episode, but isn't one of our
1: choices based on because of listening to one of his episodes? I think it kind of helped me
0: to think, yeah, that one's such a good song. Yeah. Yes. So that's in quite nicely, actually. Well done, Mr. Linky (laughs) Man. But before we go any further, Ryan, can you explain the structure of the podcast to me? If I was the first time listener and I didn't know, what is this podcast about and how is it organised?
1: So each episode we aim to play seven Eurovision songs
0: based on seven different categories. Do you want to explain what the first three categories are? The first three, as Ryan always says, are time-locked to different periods in Eurovision history. 2010s to the present day, 90s and noughties, and then 80s and earlier. And then the second three will be a good UK entry that we love. Yeah, that's changed a little. It was just any UK entry, but we decided we're not playing them all. Yeah, we're not playing them all.
1: (laughs) Some of them we can't play. Then the Bridesmaid Award, which is a song that finished in second place that we think needs a bit of extra love and attention. Again, I think we won't be playing all those second places forever.
0: There's some dreadful second places.
1: Yes, (laughs) that one might evolve in time as well. Yeah. And then our last award, which is the Juice Award, which are songs that we needed to go to Eurovision that didn't make their national selection.
0: They didn't even make the semi-finals, bless them.
1: Didn't even make the semifinals. But they're amazing. But they're songs well, that hold a, a special are. place in our
0: heart or ones that we've researched and have since found out that they're very good. Indeed. And finally, we have our fate in the hands of the Eurovision gods as we switch on the randomizer. And we will play any song from any contest Based on random year generation. Are we going to guess which year's this time? We oh, forgot think, to do it last episode. Should. So what are I'm you I'm going to go for 1976 this year. I know I've said that year already because it's the first time I, I just have a feeling it's going to be 76. I'm going to hope for something earlier.
1: I think, no, later even. <laughs> hope for something I'm going to hope for... Well, let's go 2019. Really? I want something from 2019. Yeah, you're not going to get it. The
0: randomizer (laughs) sucks every time. The
1: randomizer
0: is a messy bitch. For the last three episodes, episodes two, three, and four, it has chosen something from a contest we've already chosen.
1: That we've talked about in that episode. So it's going to talk about something from one of
0: those years, which we're not going to go to yet. (laughs) Anyway, if you're on board, you want to hear these seven songs, stick around. But first of all, it's time for Te Deum, that familiar anthem that introduces Eurovision every year and gives a little tingle down the spine.
1: So first up is our 2010s to present day. And we've got Franz, If I Were Sorry, who represented Sweden in 2016. Take it away, Franz. I
2: crawl through the desert on my hands Rehearsing my pretty please Climb the highest mountain If I were sorry Shout it from the top Swim underwater until my lungs Exploded, walk into the fire If I were sorry I'd run a thousand miles Wouldn't stop until I dropped Wouldn't take the breaks Breathe until I got close enough Then I'd do it all again If I really had the chance But I know deep inside, for you it's just another dance If I were sorry a post office to swim across the ocean. If I were sorry, I'd take a vow of silence. I wouldn't say a single word until you really heard. If I were sorry, I'd run a thousand Price. Oh, you threw it all away. Cause you're the devil in disguise. Now, would you ever realize the consequences of your lies? Then, would you save the fallen T to See if there's nothing there. If I were sorry.
0: was franz with i were sorry
1: you know this one right i do but i only know it because again because you put it on a playlist for me (laughs) but i i really enjoy like the simple kind of understated like vibe of it all and it's it's just really mellow but really chilled and a good song and the performance wise it was really sort of stripped back with just him on stage in just like jeans and a overcoat and really
0: dark and that was kind of cool yeah it was a really understated performance he was just confident in the song and he didn't over sing you see loads of people over sing at Eurovision and he's young so for I mean, him yeah. to have that kind of stage presence he was about 17 then or something which is insane I mean he was used to the spotlight he had some hits when he was a kid um, relating to football he had a number one that was in the charts for 13 weeks in Sweden um, it was a song about Slatan Ibrahimovic Abramovich. is that how you say it I don't know you can tell I'm not a footballer <laughs> <laughs> I don't care but anyway yes If I Were Sorry which um, he performed at Melody Festival and of course and then straight through to the final but he's such an understated person as well he kind of I heard him on the Eurovision Legends podcast yeah, as there we he go. said <laughs> um, Franz Jepsen-Wahl to give him his full name And he was so like, yeah, it was kind of good. I kind of liked the song. And um, oh, but the other people I was up against in the Melody Festival, and they were really good too. Mm. And I was just lucky to get through. He he didn't kind of was never claiming the genius of the song or like I was amazing. Mm. So low key, so laid back. But that's one of the reasons why the song is so infectious. And he's such a nice guy. I get this, that mellow
1: vibe kind of comes through, but it just has that warm glow to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah fact that won't matter to anyone else but me and you (laughs) is that um, his hometown is where our Swedish friend anna Lee Fribe is from, which is Ystad in Uh, southern Sweden. So another shout out to her, even though she'll never listen to this. No, it was Anna (laughs) Korgadal. Another Swede who won't listen to us. (laughs) Unless we force them to. So that was If I Were Sorry. It placed fifth. Mm. Got well over 200 points in a really strong year, 2016. Very strong year. Yes. Very deserved, I think, and and that was singing from position nine out of well over twenty songs, so it right. did really well, I think, in that instance. But as you said, Sweden always does well, doesn't it? Well, and I suppose also he was performing in Sweden
1: because they'd won the year previously, so he was sort of had the home advantage, and which yeah. is why the crowd were probably engaged straight away. You know, they were clapping along right at the get-go. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. He has lived in London for a lot of his life, but I remember when I listened to the podcast on Eurovision Legends with him... He just moved to Stockholm to pursue more music, and he was talking about how amazing Stockholm was. At that point, I'd been living in Stockholm for well (laughs) over two months before Christmas last year, and I was getting a bit fed up of it, to be honest. you had a horrible cold, and so your view was kind of tainted. It was jaded, and (laughs) we have done a lot of great things, but I was kind of like, it's time to go home now. But him being all mellow and being like, oh yeah, Stockholm's cool, it was kind of like, he's a lovely guy, he's (laughs) lovely. And I was thinking... I remember the next day I was walking to, to work and I was like, I wonder if I just met Franz in the street. That would be cool. And he'd just be like, hey, m- hey, man. <laughs> you know How's what I mean? it going, dude? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the very wonderful Franz who represented Sweden in 2016. A very worthy opener to the show. Right, so next up, we're going 90s to naughties. Yeah, and as usual, we've we've slipped more into naughties because it's safer territory, <laughs> let's be honest. This is song number one by Cerebro, a group that represented Russia in 2007. So that was Cerebro with song number one for Russia in 2007. Now, this was a strong year. This was the year that Molikvar won for Serbia. Second place was Dancing Lasha Tumbai by Verka Sadushka. Oh, really? A few weeks ago we had the fifth place, which is Shake It Up Shekarim from Keenan Duncan. Oh nice, yeah. So strong year. This came third. I always thought wow. it was gonna do well. Oh yeah, you're surprised it came third, Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We've just seen the live version, which I was surprised, it wasn't as good as I thought it was gonna be. The recorded version is amazing. It beats, well oh, it doesn't beat, it competes with every Sugar Babe's track that I ever was. they are the Russian sugar babes and they hit around the same time and are just as good but they kind of use the same sugar babes lyrics like they even talk about freak you know and stuff like that it's very Mm. of the language of the time anyway I'll shut up what did you think Ryan?
1: yeah I don't know what to think (laughs) it was a little bit like overly sexualized.
0: I know. But
1: they were very... There's sort of a craft vibe to them, like the craft. Oh, yes. And if they'd have leaned more into that, I would have been absolutely sold on it because they're in sort of like little goth Schoolgirl, slightly schoolgirl dresses, yeah. but then there it's that and like FHM sort of girl I know what you mean. aesthetic. Like and now, lad- now, it
0: feels a bit nasty taste in the mouth, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, which is a but bit back then, it was just what it was.
1: Yeah, it was the whole
0: ladette culture, I suppose. Yeah. so there's a bit of that, a bit weird that
1: I'm not really
0: mm, digging. Yeah, yeah, I get it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I loved it back in the day and thought it was really cool. And seeing the performance on the night, I thought it was amazing as well. But looking back at it now, the perform- it was a bit shouty. I enjoyed the
1: little dance break, microphone stand yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, but was- I'm a sucker for that anyway. Of, right, I think yeah, we've learned yeah, that bit, already. Yeah, so yeah. that was fun. Yeah. But yeah, it was a bit... Dodge.
0: Yeah. Yeah, a bit dodgy now.
1: But then the Sugar Babes are probably dodgy now. So I think the modern day equivalent of this would be... The Hurricane Girls from 2021 and oh, 2020. Oh, the ones that sang Loco Loco? Yes, Loco Loco Girls. And Asta La Vista oh. was the one beforehand. So here's Gosh. me. You know, like that, I'm all o- I'm all about. But I think there was a slightly more empowering sex, right. sexual vibe to it. Whereas this is it more... Felt exploitative.
3: A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it did, didn't
0: it? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Funny. Times change. um, And
1: maybe we'll feel the same about Hurricane in 15 years' time or however long it is. Actually. Actually. So just think
0: about that, please. Yeah. Stop sexualizing loco loco girls, please. Hurricane. Hurricane girls. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Right. Moving on from what may be the slightly problematic cerebro. Our next lot is 1956 to 1989. Otherwise known as 50s to 80s. <laughs> and we are gonna go for a winner. Is that okay to go for a winner in this slot? I don't see why not. Well we're gonna anyway, I don't care. I don't care what you say. We are playing this Barnstormer of a winner that won it for Norway in 1985. This is Bobby Sox with Ladder Swing. <laughs> "Let it swing" or "Let it swing" in English, which was the winner for Norway for Bobby Sox back in '85. Yeah, I liked that. That was
1: that was very infectiously up and great fun. Yeah,
4: yeah.
0: yeah. I remember watching it when I was 13. You know my age now. <laughs> in '85, and thinking, "Yeah, this is really fun." I wanted Vicky to win for the UK that night with the song "Love Is." Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll come to that in the in the UK winners slot <laughs> at some point, but the night very definitely belonged to Bobby Sox, who were Hannah Krog and Elizabeth Andreassen, and yeah, a really popular winner. And partly because it was, everyone was so happy that Norway had finally won after coming last so many times. There was a real emotion right. and shock that they'd finally won, and that was a real part of the victory celebrations on the night. And even I think the Swedish presenter was really rude and said. Oh, you finally won, because now we're a bit shit, aren't they? And they were kind of like, oh, thanks, love. Wow. (laughs) So, anything else you'd like to add about bobby socks? We need to talk about what they were wearing.
1: So they were wearing, like, little black and white outfits with purpley sequin jacket over the top.
0: Yeah. And that's That's kind of what tied them together. Yeah. Obvious sort of, like, 50s vibes, because... Well, they're named after bobby socks, which are a type of little sock, I think. Mm. Let's not forget the Cerise and Black or Purple and Black striped socks that she was wearing with A kitten (laughs) kitten heel, that's a choice. Yeah. A very memorable winner. And yeah, lots and lots of fun. As you said, infectious. I
1: remember when we watched it on the Eurovision again. Yeah. And I was like, so what song is going to win? I don't know any of these what are going to win. Oh, yes. And then when this one started, I could hear it in English in my head, which was really weird yeah Well, like i was like i know this song how do i know this but i don't know this version and then it was like oh so it must have permeated into my brain somehow from somewhere so yeah. it was nice to have that awareness of it even in my basic knowledge
0: of some eurovision ones yeah. it's like i know this yeah this must be a good one then exactly right? <laughs> and you, yeah, i remember you messaging me and saying this one wins right yeah <laughs> i was like well it's got to yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes and so it did. Victory for Norway at last in 1985 for Bobby Sop. Good old Norway. Yeah. Basic pitch Ryan here
1: just to let you know that you can get in touch with us on email at EurovisionQueens at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at EurovisionQueens and on Twitter, we are EuroQueensPod.
0: Now back to the show. So we've now reached our UK entries slot and we're going to go forwards in time a little, To 1998, the first contest where I actually had a party. I was living in Oxford at the time, and a load of us came around to the house. We had a giant scoreboard, lights around it, and we're all very excited because we thought this song could win. And it was happening in Birmingham as well. It was, not very far away. Just up the road. Exactly. And the song that we're going to play is Imani's Where Are You?
5: Without a name, riding alone on an empty train. Where are you? I live in a house of broken hearts, leaves are falling in the park. Every day is a question mark.
1: was where are you by imani how do you feel about that
0: yeah at the time i remember we just won with katrina and the waves so when imani did well at this contest we were like yeah of course <laughs> yeah yeah it's kind of usual i know we would had kind of a long time without winning between like buck spheres and katrina and the waves we were buoyantly thinking oh we could easily win with this again so there was no, like, worries about the drought of, of UK doing well, which came after at this point. And um, I think it's one of the reasons why we had a party was because, like, Katrina had just won. We're like, let's celebrate this. It's a really fun thing. And it's going to be in the UK this year. So why don't we have a party? I remember sitting around and thinking, the songs are a bit crap. And watching it on Eurovision again last year, I was like, it's not a strong contest in terms of the songs. Mm. But this one stands out as strong, soulful and confident. Oh, it just it's just so cool. Yeah, But effortlessly cool. And she's got like a
1: Matrix vibe to her, which was probably right at the time or just before. or just just It was like then, so she's got like a a shiny crop top on with a long leather jacket, like a red leather jacket or something. But she's also got like an Aaliyah R&B vibe to her, which would have been at
0: exactly the same time. And it's just effortlessly cool. We yeah. um, got into the top 20 in the singles chart And I bought the CD of this Good Yes, correct The CD, <laughs> CD single Remember those? CD single She later on had hits um, with True Faith and Dub Conspiracy And Incognito Gosh. And she finally released a, a debut studio album in 2014 So a full 16 years after Eurovision And she's the same age as me But we <laughs> won't say what age that is But I feel that this is kind of Fallen out of Eurovision law
1: somehow, like it's not talked about. It's it. not talked about. It's not talked about as a as a UK
0: entry. Yeah, and it should be far more. Yeah, because it's a strong one. It's strong. We've come second a lot of times, but this is at a point at which you know, yeah, one of the last times we would come second apart from last year. I this year, know, this year even. <laughs> of course, the winner that year was Donna International with Diva, mm. worthy, memorable winner. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very close. Very close. Didn't know until right at the end of the voting who would win. Yeah. So that was Imani. Classy, classy UK entry from 1998. So now it's time for our Bridesmaid Award. Those songs that came second in the contest. So near and yet so far. This song did well all over the world after the contest. Charted in so many different countries. Um, a modern classic. No question. This is Calm After the Storm by The Common Linnets which represented Netherlands in 2014. Dawn by the Common Linnets and wow. I love that. Wow. So good. Wow. I like the I like the
1: duo of like just their their vocals mesh together so well and yeah. it it's the whole time it's not like they take individual verses no, or anything. it's completely fairly completely matched. Completely, yeah. and so so well blended. Yeah, and but you've got that roadway going all the
0: time, which is so simple, but a mm. brilliant
1: motif brilliantly worked. And it really just matches that, like, pounding rhythm that really kind of... It's got that sort of
0: open road... Yes, to it. it does. I'm going to say, theme of the episode, this is another confident performance. Mm. They know exactly what they're doing, just like Imani did. Like they're in like their friends. own lane. Yeah. Doing their own, we're thing. Doing our own thing. Like Bobby Socks as well. They're just going to do their thing confidently and yeah. they're happy to do it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think Cerebro could have been a little less confident, if I'm honest. It's a bit wrong. But <laughs> I think the confidence is supreme here. And why didn't they win? What won in 2014? So the only reason this didn't win was because you had an amazing country diverse winning with Rise Like a Phoenix. Mm. Otherwise, it would have absolutely won, I think. This was second with 238 points. Really blew everyone away, didn't it? And kind of redefined what a Eurovision song could be now. Don't you think that made a difference, to the sort of songs you have? Well, I
1: don't remember it at the time, but I remember really liking this one. And you were like, well, of course you'd like this one because everyone likes this one. Mm. And then you were telling me how well it had done all around the world. Yeah. And up until recently, up until, I guess, Arcade, it was one of the most successful Eurovision songs outside of
0: Eurovision. Yeah, exactly. It was number one in Iceland, Belgium, and number two, three and four in loads of other countries. It it charted literally everywhere, which is very unusual for a Eurovision song. But it's kind of the trend now is that more songs will will chart than they ever did. So anything, anything else to say about them?
1: So I suppose after mentioning Arcade, it's probably worth pointing out that Ilge Delange, yeah. I believe she was the mentor for Who? Duncan Lawrence oh. when he was on the Netherlands version With of The Voice. The voice. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So I think she she was she was somewhere in the background of Arcade. I think she may have even been a background vocalist on oh. it. I've got a question for you. I could have also made that up. <laughs>
0: That <laughs> no, sounds, sounds good to me. Just be confident about it. That's the theme yes, of the episode. Confidence. I know, I'm basic, so I'm trying to... Yeah. I want to ask you, do you think that songs that go forward into Eurovision should be voted for by the public, or do you, do you support internal selection? Where do you stand on this? I'm going to be like some sort of weird middle
1: ground, and I think there should be an internal selection... Mm-hmm. To maybe put a top five together
0: well, just is, curate though. the no, list no, to a degree that's what that's and what then happens. hand it over. You see, I disagree. I'm much more for the internal selection now. That's how we got Spaceman. It's how we got the common limits. Mm. I think maybe if you've got the UK public who would vote for a sack of shit as a prime minister <laughs> you think, why don't let's not leave it up to the, them the UK cannot be trusted with a, a, a no, vote of ever. any kind ever. <laughs> you can't UK listeners you can't be trusted you idiots um, <laughs> sorry we've just <laughs> alienated all our audience but I think a lot of the UK songs that have been voted through in the song for Europe and then Eurovision You Decide have always been like really, oh this is like a proper Eurovision song it's like it doesn't always have to be it can be different like this and I think, I don't think Spaceman would have been voted f- through by the British public, necessarily. So how did,
1: do we know how this was chosen?
0: Internal, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But then you have in the time in the 90s when they kept trying to do this to win Eurovision in um, the UK. And you had some really good songs, but they never really quite did it. Like you had Michael Ball and you had um, Francis Raphael and these musical stars trying to, we're just going to win it, we're just going to win it. And they came close, with um, particularly with Michael Ball, who was another second place, I think. Spoilers. Yeah, I, I don't think I used to be a fan of internal selection, but now it's come up with so many great songs that I think it's not a bad thing. That's where I currently stand. Okay. Because democracy sucks. <laughs>
4: Did I, I don't think... think- Did I mean,
0: that? <laughs>
1: wow. I mean, we're, in, we're on the darkest timeline in the UK, so I think we're allowed
0: to say things like that. Yeah. I mean... Now either Liz Truss or well, Rishi Sunak will
3: be prime minister.
4: Let's try so. and keep it light. Let's light, try and
0: keep light, it light, no politics,
2: no, no. light, light.
3: No, no, no,
1: no. Let's also go. But on the other hand, Melody Festivalin. We need. Oh, yes,
0: that's brilliant voting. Yeah, and, I mean, not always the right. But also, wins.
1: that's not vote. That's vote like the UK vote in that. It's open to way more than just Sweden.
0: Yeah, don't open up anything to UK voting. <laughs> mistake. Yeah. Big. I, mistake. I think there's probably only ten people in What's the UK that, that actually realise. What's that from? Big mistake, big, huge. <laughs> do you know what that's from? Well, I do you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> we just Googled it, because I couldn't remember either. It's from Pretty Woman. Should have known it, but I've never actually seen it. I just know that phrase because it's in the zeitgeist.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen Pretty Woman? No. Nope. That's so funny, neither of us have seen it. Big mistake.
0: Big mistake. Big, <laughs> huge. Other films I haven't seen that I should have seen include Dirty Dancing. Never seen it. Really. Oh, I've seen that. Have you, poor thing. Yeah. Anyway, that was our, we've gone off on a bit of a tangent there. So now we have the Juice Award. I need you. to go to,
1: go to, go to Eurovision. Eurovision. We are going back
0: to 2008. The UK entry, which I think absolutely should have won. The one that did go through instead came last. So sucks to be you, Andy Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> this should have gone through. Would have stormed into the top ten. Wouldn't have won, but it was bloody good. This is Woo You Make Me by the one, the only... Michelle Kale. Okay. Michelle Gale singing, "Woo, You Make Me? And what we were just saying about the UK public and how you can't <laughs>
1: Don't trust us with a public vote. No. Because that is a crime that that did not go to Eurovision.
0: Not only the, the energy of the performance, but you've got such a talented singer, Michelle Gale. I think that version sounded slightly shouty. Well, we
1: have to make a disclaimer because yeah. this version only exists on the song for europe selections yeah on a youtube Video, there's yeah. no other version of it anywhere else unless people have it on an actual yeah. cd single yeah but we don't nope. unfortunately exactly and it's not on spotify it's
0: not anywhere else where is it michelle tell us tell us anyway before we go any further we must talk about you and michelle gale because oh. there is. So Orion. me and me and <laughs> Michelle
1: Gale go way, way back. Tell me more. So I cannot remember the year, but she came to our local ah. Sainsbury's to open the Sound Division section. Was she on her, in hard times then? Was it was it? She just... w- no, because she was signing posters, but she wasn't signing little eight by tens. These were like six foot posters. They right. weren't life size posters, so they were they were so big that you couldn't hang them anywhere. Right. But I had this Michelle Gale signed poster. I went and I queued up to meet her because
0: obviously Michelle Gale was a huge artist in the 90s. She was. I mean, we've known her for a long time. I mean, she was in Grange Hill in the 80s. She played Fiona, who was one of the two rappers with Ronnie Bertles, Fresh and Fly. <laughs> I remember very well. And then she played Hattie Tavernier in EastEnders from 1990 to 1993 when I used to watch it. Mm-hmm. And then that music career and that incredible single sweetness, mm, and that was like pinnacle nineties R and B.
4: Can we hear
1: a bit of that, please, Ryan? Of course, we can.
0: Gorgeous. Of course, the other thing I remember Michelle Gale for is that dreadful reality series, Reborn in the USA. Now, it wasn't dreadful because of Michelle Gale. She was brilliant, as was Gina G. yeah, uh, Other Eurovision luminary. But this show um, had, as part of its lineup, some of the most terrible pop people you've ever met who just gave such a push of themselves. I think one of them was one half of Dollar and there was someone else. I'm going to find out now. So having just looked it up on Wikipedia, I found that it was indeed David Van Day from Dollar, one half of Dollar, who was, turned out to just be a horrible, horrible person. And they had a big fight with Sonia, also a Eurovision luminary. <laughs> really. It was all Eurovision people who, um, I think Sonia decided not to do the public vote because of stress. And then she came back and did it anyway. And then she won, I think. And it was like, oh, it, was, it got very, very nasty. It was perfect for a reality competition. Mm. But Michelle Gale quietly, class act, she, she came second and did really well. Only Tony Hadley beat her of, of um, Spandau Ballet.
1: Yes! So back to the song, we've got like a really nice little 1950s sort of doo-wop vibe to yes. performance, don't we? And, and the dress is right for the time as well. It's yeah, kind of it's like, like tassel sort of yeah slapper dress, I guess. Slapper, In... you mean, I think? Not slapper. Flapper dress.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is a 20s dress, but there's definitely a 50s vibe as well, though. I know the reason why Andy Abraham won because it wasn't a very good song is because he just won the X Factor. So, um, Andy Abraham, if you don't remember, was a bin man, and every episode they said, Oh, he's but he's a bin man, but he can sing. And it was like, Yeah, why wouldn't he be able to? Bin men aren't like bin men people, too, exactly. (laughs) It was like, Oh, god, (laughs) awkward. I mean, his song in Eurovision that year, Even If, was okay, but it was very much an album track, and I think it deserved to come last. Actually. I
1: remember him doing Crazy Eyes, like he was super smiley, oh, yeah. sort of. Yeah. And I guess that must have put people off. <laughs> Clearly did. I, and also, no one pointed out that he was a refuse collector at the beginning of it either, otherwise I would have got the crowd behind him.
0: I love how you upped that to refuse collector from Bin Man. <laughs> <laughs> 2022, darling. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Woo You Make Me by Michelle Gale a worthy entrant into the juice award slot yes yeah like we do Like we just wish we could find a better version of it so we could bop along more thoroughly mm-hmm. where are we now uh oh Imani it's time for the randomizer. <gasps> oh no so what years did we say I said 76 and i 2019 I'm hopeful for you're hopeful. I think you're, at this point you're delusional. Let's see what happens. We are going from 1956 to 2022. And I'm going to click on the magic button. Here we go. 1966. 1966. Wow. Oh well, we haven't had the 60s one since the first episode. It had to happen soon or later again. Yeah. So we need to find out how many people were in 1966 as Eurovision. I would imagine it's about 70 14. Let's see. 18. 18, correct. So, participants 18. Okay, so now from 1 to 18. 17. 17. Oh, that's hilarious. This is Dicky Rock singing Come Back to Stay. Now, I've got a Dicky Rock story for you all after we've heard Dicky sing. Oh. was dicky rock singing for ireland i neglected to say and um, that came fourth in the 1966 eurovision a contest that was won by udo jürgens for austria with mercy Shelley." so fourth place for that song what did you make of it before i tell you my dicky rock story <laughs> Yeah, it's got uh, like a ni-
1: 1950s Americana sort of vibe to
0: it. Not what? a 60s Americana vibe.
1: No, I'm feeling that like sort of milk milkshake shack sort
0: of... Milkshake shack. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> no, they are milkshakes. Shake shack. Are yeah, like, like a shake yeah. shack. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's milkshake shack. I don't know. Carry on, carry on. Wow. So what's your story? Come on. So I presented at a conference in Ireland about five years ago. And I met the conference organisers the night before. I was giving the keynote speech the next day. And they were basically saying... They were talking about old Irish singers. And one of them was saying, oh, well, I was a massive fan of Dickie Rock. I was like, what? I've never heard of this person's name. And like, you must have heard of Dickie Rock. I'm like, I'm sorry. And everyone who was Irish around the table, which is everyone else, said, oh, he's famous here. Dickie Rock's so famous. And... He was such an idol of all the girls. And, and seeing him there with his horrible cauliflower ears, we mm. said one of his ears looks like it was a goblin ear made by Weta for Lord mm. of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Anyway, do you know what the girls would used to scream when he was singing in front of them? What they'd actually ask him to do. This is a request that the girls would shout from the audience to him. It's the most gross thing.
1: <laughs> I have no clue. I don't want, do well, I don't want to what know. What his shout
0: was, Spit on me, Dickie! <laughs> Oh no They would shout Spit on me Dick. They wanted him to spit on them In the audience And that was like That was a craze in Ireland That all the girls would Would sing from the From the crowd saying Spit on me Dickie and In the 60s In the 60s And now That has a different connotation <laughs>
1: Totally Well let's Let's not pretend That his name Doesn't sound like A porn star's name Dickie Rock Dickie Rock Richard Rock Well yeah So but... hard
0: <laughs> Spit on me Dickie <laughs> 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 there are too many jokes. It's like Chandler and Friends. Too many punchlines can't can't compete. Yes. Wow, so that's what we're taking away from that, is it? Well, what I did was overnight I added a Dicky Rock slide into my slide deck so that I could make a Dicky Rock joke and said spit on me Dicky to all the people and the crowd and they all cheered and were surprised. But there you go. Horrific. <laughs> so where in Ireland was this again? <laughs> it was in Tullamore,
1: in the centre of Ireland. Oh right. Yeah. That maybe says that, maybe explains something. everything,
0: yeah. <laughs> Bless the Irish. Bless those Irish girls shouting,
2: Spit on me Dickie.
0: Do <laughs> we know if he ever did? Or... Oh, I think he probably did. I'm not going to put spit on me dicky into YouTube. No, let's not. <laughs> let's not even Google that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you, Eurovision gods, for coming up with something I had a story about. How unlikely was that? Yeah, I didn't even know Dickie Rock was
1: actually in Eurovision. Thank you, Randomizer, for being the messy bitch that we know you are and are proving yourself to be.
0: <laughs> Gave me that story that I never thought I'd tell. It's never been relevant before. I've never told that story
1: to anyone. <laughs> and now it is committed to a podcast exactly. for all of eternity and the world. Exactly. So, what was your favourite song of the episode? Oh gosh. I'm going to go because I didn't know it existed before. Yeah. I'm going with Michelle Gale. Are you? I love Michelle Gale. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I know. My a good, good friend. friend. <laughs> yeah, your good friend. <laughs> what did you say to her when you she signed your thing?
1: Oh, I have no idea. I oh. wouldn't have said much, I don't think. No, you're quite a nervous boy, weren't you? Bless. Yeah, but I, I can remember what I said to Billy Piper when I met her. What was that? <laughs> I told her that I very much love Day and Night. And she seemed quite excited by that. Well, that is the best Billy Piper song. It's the best Billy Piper song. Can we have it's... a
0: bit of Day and Night? I know
1: it's not relevant. Oh, any excuse, yeah.
0: Hooray! (laughs) Here it is!
1: back in the room but Uh, I was this was a Doctor Who signing was it and I was like nope let's talk about the pop career because the pop career was amazing exactly
0: I had that CD single as well day and night Mm. amazing it's a good one so I think I would like to choose if I were sorry by Franz as my favorite song of the episode. But that's also because I just love him. I think he's a lovely guy. I and that song a... kind of time stamps your time in Stockholm as yeah, well. listening about that and listening to that brilliant Eurovision Legends podcast, and was like I like him even more now. I've also got to commend your your love of Michelle Gale. Oh, I'm a there's... good friend of Michelle. Gale. Sorry, a good friend. It's <laughs> also Bobby Socks. You can't you can't not
1: have Bobby Socks. But if I'm going to choose Bobby Socks, I'd want to choose Imani.
0: I know, it's tough, isn't it?
1: Yeah, tough episode to choose one.
0: All such confident performers.
1: But I know that my Spotify would tell me that I've listened to Calm After the Storm the most out of all these.
0: All right. So if you enjoy Eurovision Queens, we'd be very happy if you interacted with us on our socials. They are on Twitter, EuroQueensPod, on Instagram, EurovisionQueens. And you can also email us at eurovisionqueens at gmail.com. We really would like you to give us some suggestions for in our different categories. we we'll happily play um, songs that you suggest to us, unless they're crap. And we're like, <laughs> no, of course, if this is our podcast, not yours, we can do that. Um, also, we, we need some reviews. At the point of recording, we've only got one. We need more. Yeah. Come on. We need more, as yeah. long as they're nice. Oh, yeah, we only want five-star reviews. Yeah. We only want five stars. Who gives the Euro- a podcast? No, any podcast four stars? Well, Evil. if you if you don't like the episode, tell your enemy to listen
1: to it instead. So then, at least we get a view count instead.
0: I suppose, but we don't want a bad.
1: <laughs> anyway, I've got four words to end on. No, sorry. no, no, no.
6: <laughs> Spit on me, Dickie.
1: Ugh. And we're out. Bye. <laughs> Did we say what year it was? Yeah, I did. Okay. Bitch.